6 p.m. at the Zoom Barrel Sports Bar, 13101 Kirkendall, Houston, Texas. For more information, ticket sales, and volunteer opportunities, visit kpft.org or call the membership department at 713-526-4000, extension 314. You're listening to KPFT Houston. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always más. Soy la lluvia que te brinda el aguacero, el chubasco permanente de amor verdadero. Soy el volcán del cielo, la lava creciente que recorre los campos de hielo. Soy la hija de la tierra, soy la amante que cultiva los frutos y su siembra. Soy el rocío que salpica fulminante, los rayos de sol un arcoiris penetrante. Soy dulce, soy salada, soy la pluma de la flecha andina con su danza. Soy la esperanza de mi pueblo, soy la promesa intacta, soy la sangre de este suelo. Soy el consuelo, soy la cura, soy la figura más pura, soy la nieve, soy la bruma, soy la cascada que salta por catarata, la súbita regata de vida que nos retrata, yo soy la piel de todos, soy el copo de nieve que llora por tus ojos, soy esa fuerza que se precipita en el centro del capullo donde nace la semilla.
sombra No me puedes apresar, mi amor es demasiado enorme No me sujetan tus cadenas, no quepo en tus embalses Ni me atrapan tus represas Y aunque quieras controlarme Yo fluyo río abajo sin que puedas dominarme No me encierran tus botellas Yo regalo agua, desde la cordillera no hay minera que pueda sustraerme, no hay manera que tu regadío pueda ni robarme La fértil abundancia que yo traigo en mi equipaje Yo vengo a compartir vida en este viaje No hay fuerza que supere mi naturaleza Ni máquina alguna que tenga mi destreza Le cantaba así, la abuela brilló Susurrándote dulce en el oído Soy el agua, soy la vida Soy la madre de la fuente cristalina soy un canto musical de claves Soy la llave de este mundo y su brebaje Soy la lluvia que te brinda el aguacero El chubasco permanente de amor verdadero Soy el volcán del cielo La lava creciente que recorre los campos de hielo We are live on the air. You're experiencing Nuestra Palabra. Latino writers having their say on the air. This is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante, and we have a full crew running the board. We've got actually a great array of folks from different legacies. Of course, right now, I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. And I'm going to throw the mic to the other side of the glass panel, which you can't see on the air, but I see all the time. Say hi, folks. It's a walk down memory lane. They get shy. I appreciate that because they're actually and they're actually shaping the hundred thousand watts that we transmit at. So without them, it'd be dead air. We'll let them say hi right now. We'll... <laughs> hello, hello. Here we are. This is Joe Anthony. What's your name? My name is Marlene. How's everybody doing today? I think we're doing well. <laughs> and I put them on the spot. Of course, they are used to putting the lineup together, the rundown, the promos that you may see if you follow us on social media, as well as creating the flyers for the show. So they are in. They're tied into that. I just kind of surprised them by having them speak a little bit on the air, and I really do appreciate everything that they do. Now, right now, we are going to change things up just a little bit. We have a great show for you today. We have a visual artist, which we'll be speaking to on the second half of the show, or at the top of the show, Albert Alvarez. We also have Norman Merrifield. He's a dear friend that I've gotten to meet at the Ethnic Studies Conferences in California. He is based in Nashville, but he is one of the leading figures who is not just helping teachers catch on to a multicultural multimedia era, but entire school district. So really a treat to have him on the air. But at the top of the show, we usually have our soapbox. Today we have to talk about the elections that have begun. Early voting has started. If you're surprised, I got caught off guard. I was thinking about this all along. It's here now. So joining us on there for a few minutes because he's got a meeting to go to. Carlos Duarte from Mi Familia Vota. Carlos, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Great to be in your show. No, thank you so much for calling. And thanks for all that you do, because I really feel as if this election is more important than ever. But so early voting started yesterday, huh? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it goes all the way to Friday. So we have, I mean, there's no excuses. We have a whole week to actually go to the polls. Uh, early voting is crucial because you can actually vote at any early voting location. Which really is convenient because when you actually have, if you wait till that day, one, something might come up, but you got to find which precinct you're at, todo eso. So right now, as you state, so literally, if it's open and you're a registered voter, you can go to any of them right now, right? That is correct. And you know what, Tony? We do find some uh, confusion about, you know, people saying, you know, I didn't vote on the primary. Can I actually vote on the runoff election? Because, as you know, this is a runoff election. So, so people can actually go vote even if they did not vote on the first round of the primary. Great, because exactly, people are confused. People are getting caught off guard. They think, like you said, if they didn't vote uh, in the primary. So this is basically the folks that did not get 51%, and they were running against other folks from their party, and there were more than two folks in that field, right? 
That is correct. So, so people actually have to choose if they are going to be voting on the Democratic or on the Republican uh, runoff election. Uh, but what is important to know is that if you voted, for example, on the Republican primary, then you actually have to vote on the Republican runoff election. Uh, the same is true. If you voted for the Democratic primary, then you do need to vote on the Democratic runoff. If you did not vote in any one of those, then you can actually choose where to go vote. Now, in Harris County, there's actually a number of races that are going to be determined uh, on the runoff election. Um, obviously, at the state level, there's one that is really important, which is the, the race for governor. Um, as we know, the Democrats actually have two uh, great candidates, uh, you know, in my opinion, um, that are running for, for governor. So people actually get to choose uh, which one they're going to be voting for. And, of course, since KPFT is a nonprofit station, we can't endorse one or the other. Uh, so, but, but it is a big deal that the, the Democrats have two really strong candidates and have fielded candidates, it seems, in, in most of the open seats, which is a big deal. Yeah, that that is right, and and particularly, you know, it's uh, you know from the uh, mi familia vote is also a nonpartisan organization. We have never endorsed candidates, and we will never endorse candidates. But we're actually very excited to see, you know, how Latinos have actually turned out to vote uh, consistently at higher numbers, election after election. Obviously, there's there's some exceptions to that. What I'm saying, but you know, there's there's a recent um, uh, study that was made actually by Naleo that was very important that showed that we have a record number of Latinos in office. Uh, you know, it's 6,600 people in office. Now, even with that great number, I mean, obviously people get excited, this many people in, in office uh, across the nation, it still remains to be only 1.3% of elected officials that are Latinos, even though nationwide we are 19% of the population. Wow. So Mi Familia Vota gets very excited when we have you know, credible candidates that are running for office that are Latinos, uh, you know, and that, that Latinos have an actual choice, you know, who are they going to be uh, voting for. Now, uh, the, you know, the governor's race is actually particularly interesting because the candidates, do, you know, even though one of the candidates is Latina, I mean, she has not gotten uh, all of the different organizations supporting them. So both candidates are credible. Latinos actually have a choice. They can choose someone that they want. And Latinos can actually make a difference this time, Tony. That's fantastic. Now, I, I do want... I want people to kind of empathize. I, I empathize with them, too, because I just moved, and I thought I had actually changed in time, changed the address, and I had done it somehow online. I guess I didn't finish the process because I went to HarrisVotes.com to see if I had moved, and exactly like you said, it freaked me out because it automatically it showed my ballot. So I go to HarrisVotes.com. I looked at the sample ballot, and it had my old address, which I still own the house, so if anybody's trying to catch me on something i still own the house so it's okay <laughs> um so it had my old uh the address for the house that i own the, the older house and it blew my mind because you're right it went right to a uh, democrat it went right to the democratic party because mm. it makes sense because i had voted that in the primary so automatically it goes to that then i guess right and then it did say where my closest early voting location but Literally, I could go anywhere. So I know there's one on West Gray out here, too, that's very popular in the Montrose area. So that's open game, too, I guess, then, correct? As long as I take my license. Yeah, that is correct. So, so that, and that is the beauty of early voting, right, that you could actually vote in any early voting location. Granted, you did not change uh, counties, right? So if you, exactly. if you moved, it's still in Harris County, then you get to vote in Harris County. Fantastic. Well, Carlos, give us the website that people can go to to stay tuned with what you're doing and do you have any predictions about the, the amount of Latinos that are going to get involved? Uh, I guess in, in the runoffs, a little harder to predict. What about in November for the, for the uh, final races? Well, you know, actually, Tony, I'm very excited about the, the primary. So, you know, there's obviously the, all of this conversation and, you know, the national narrative about a, a blue wave uh, coming in. And, uh, you know, the, obviously the, there was these numbers. At, at statewide, there was 1.5 million uh, Republicans that voted and only one million voters that voted in the Democratic uh, primary, right? So, so they were saying, no, you know, so maybe there's not such a blue wave. Uh, but interestingly, you know, that one million votes actually represents double the amount of Democrats that had voted in a, compar in a comparable election. But other than that, you know, in Harris County in particular, which I find really interesting, 
Uh, during the primary, there were a little bit more Democrats than voted in the Republican primary. So Democrats 168,000, Republicans 165,000. So that actually represents 7.5 and 7 percent of the elect of the voters. So that's still a very small number, and and that's why you know I think people need to to go out and vote uh, because obviously your vote is really going to make a difference. Uh, you know because so few people are voting. Now I want to do I want to say this Tony as well that the Republicans are also having a very important election. Uh, in Congressional District 2, Congress Member Ted Poe uh, is retiring. So Republicans are going to be choosing uh, someone to replace uh, uh, Congressman Poe. And obviously, we know that that, that has been solidly a, a Republican um, Congressional District, although people expect that to be uh, competitive. So we'll, we'll see. But what I'm trying to say, the point is that both the Democratic and the Republican primaries are crucial. People need to go out and vote. They need to grab five or six of their friends and actually go out yes, and vote so exactly. because they are going to be making it a difference. Fantastic. Carlos Tuarte from Mi Familia Vota. Thanks for all that you do, and we'll follow up afterwards as well. Gracias. Thank you, Tony. Good luck to everyone. Appreciate it, and uh, really appreciate Carlos kind of jumping on the line late because, I mean, I had this in mind. It kind of slipped my imagination, and I, I tell, I'm telling you this, listeners, because I want you to know that I empathize with folks. Uh, I probably will give you a hard time about voting, but I also want you to know that the struggle's real. So I'm making a commitment to folks. I will go early vote tomorrow. I've made my decisions today, and I hope that you will as well. So don't forget those two websites for me, Familia Vota as well as harrisvotes.com. Hey, we got a great show for you today. We're talking ethnic studies as well as visual arts. I'm going to check in with our crew to see if we're going to go to Musica. Yes, we're going to have a little bit of music, and we'll be back with our artist, Albert Alvarez, and we'll actually be posting some of his visual images online on Facebook and Twitter so you can follow along with the conversation. Hey, you're experiencing Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having to say on the air. We'll be right back. Ella se fue y no volvió más, me dejó el alma vacía, mi compañera es mi soledad, mi compañera día a día y es que ella se fue y no volvió más, me dejó el alma vacía, mi compañera es mi soledad, mi compañera día a día y es que. 
are providing you that is the soundtrack to a revolution. You're experiencing Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Happy to bring you music, art, culture, and ethnic studies. Today's a bit of a fun show because we've got four producers running the boards. So one person on air, four, four running the boards. I feel very safe. Hey, let's do another rundown. I want the folks that are running the boards to say hi right now. Yes, sir. This is uh, Joe Anthony from Nuestra Palabra. <laughs> this is Leti Lopez. Nuestra palabra, Alexis de Texas. <laughs> and this is Malu. What's up, everybody? That is so cool. And I really do appreciate this. I want the folks to acknowledge our, our board operators because they do this because they don't want to be on the air. They want to help us. They want to shape the 100,000 watts we used to transmit throughout the space city. And that's what KPT KPFT is about. We're training folks so that they can do broadcast quality work. At the same time, I'm sh I'm usually surrounded by other writers that love the limelight. <laughs> so, so it's just me, but I feel potent because we got these folks uh, helping us out here. In a little bit after this interview, we're all going to give away tickets to the Accordion Kings and Queens 2018 concert. It's going to be June 2nd, 7 p.m., it's for free at the Milan Outdoor Theater, but I'm giving you tickets to the covered part and assigned seating. So after this segment, we'll say call now for the According Kings and Queens 2018 tickets. I'm looking forward to being your host once again. Rick Escreda will be out there. KPFT Familia supporting it. It's going to be a great event. Don't miss it. And then also right now, of course, that's right after this interview. Right now, I'm happy to introduce you to a visual artist. His name is Albert Alvarez. He's joining us on the air. He's from San Antonio, Texas. He is a drawer and painter whose work examines the social ills of our time. He draws in brush, in pen, with a dynamic cross hatchwork in a style that harkens back to the Gothic woodcut tradition. Alvarez holds a, a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in film, animation, and video from the prestigious Rhode Island School of Design in Providence and has exhibited predominantly in the artist-run galleries of San Antonio where he's lived and worked since 2006. Good evening. Thank you for joining us by telephone. Hello. Hi. And, of course, I want to tell folks we're going to try something a little different because what we're going to be doing is posting some of the works that Albert has. We'll be posting it on Facebook and social media. I actually have some some uh, printouts of them on my hand, which I know don't do it justice. They are pretty potent. So that people can kind of get an idea of what the works are like as you walk us through it. And um, so let's give that a try. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind Lucky's. And on the piece, it has this this cool sign in the middle with some orange and gold stripes. This says Lucky's Food Mart. But outside, it's a very potent, very potent images. Tell us a little about that piece. Well, that's a that's a little shop down in uh, San Antonio downtown, and uh, it has some characters, you know, there. And you know, I just it's a, to me, it's a street scene, you know. Mm. Uh, like as if you're passing by. And inspired by folks that you've run into or that you've imagined? Imagined and run into a little bit. You know, that there's like this Michael Jackson impersonator right there, and then there's there's this one guy with, the, with that Trump kind of <laughs> T-shirt. You know, I would see him at H-E-B, so I put him in there. And then... <laughs> Of course, you I mean, got a, you got a Spurs things, jacket in there. Yeah, and there's somebody reading from like a like a little book or a Bible, and you know, just you know, somebody just reading from the Bible, like, blurting it out. And, <laughs> you know, just things you would see walking around in the you know downtown area. What what or I anywhere. what I love about it is that it's very potent. It's not that touristy San Antonio. You're right. It's very urban. Could be Chicago. Could be Houston. But it does have those San Antonio sort of details. And what I love, too, is, I mean, even the pigeons. The pigeons are personified. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you, you got these human characters, but those birds, they can talk, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you think so. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you get out of your way to kind of personify different parts or focus on different parts, or you just kind of go with the vision? How, how does that part work? Because as a writer, I'm always fascinated by the whole process that a visual artist goes through. To me, they're kind of like puzzles. You know, like I'll, I'll have like, I'll start off with a figure and then I'll just try and like fill it all in. Like things just kind of, you know, maybe a, like in the deep distance, a, a face will pop out or, you know, maybe in the, you know, it's just, it's like a puzzle, really. And they're kind of unpredictable, but, you know. But let, let me ask you this, though. I still get the feeling, though, that, that it's great to hear you say that because I also get the sense that, once you fill a certain space, it sort of shapes what comes next. I hear what you're saying, like, because I'm caught by surprise, too. Like, I'm like, yo, this, this ain't clip from no clip art. This ain't no touristy calendar. This is real life. So it makes sense, but it's still surprising. So does when you kind of define one part of the, of, the, of the piece, does it shape a little bit what comes next, or, or is it all a big surprise? Oh, yeah, exactly. Just just like that, you know, it's like... Too cool. Like relations to one another, yes. Mm. Great. So we've posted that one. Now, I want to go to uh, the haves and have-nots. I believe it's from 2016. <laughs> so so this, has, this has a style um, of yours... It's it's like realistic, but also over the top. I I love it. So tell me about the has and have nots. You know these kind of paintings are you know it's 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 like luckies. You know it's you know they're just kind of these kind of like these. I guess they're kind of like writing or poem. You know, like kind of just different images that you know they say something overall. But, you know, they're kind of collaged together. Like, they, you know, I, like, like I said, they just are snippets that I just combined to, you know, make like this saying in the, for the painting. You know, I just wanted, you know, it has a, I wanted to put one with a nun in there. You know, <laughs> that, you know the, the religious aspect or, you know, there's some sort of, religion in the world kind of thing amidst all the other you know, uh, kind of mm. and she is in the center and what I love too is I mean uh, a quick, quick question do I identify more as Latinx Latino Chicano or or Tejano or none of those or how do you identify just because I kind of see that you're also breaking the mold of what people think of as a Latino artist too Exactly, like I, you know, I, you know, I, I just never, I, I wasn't taught Spanish growing. I've never learned Spanish, and you know, I, you know, so I feel like I can't really totally connect with, uh, you know, the, you know, what I feel would be, you know, authentic, you know, like Raza kind of stuff. But I was like amidst it, you know, like I grew up in a world where there's soup carton and meat markets right. and stuff like that everywhere. And, you know, but I I could I couldn't break that barrier. So maybe that's probably what you're saying and my art seemed to be, you know, showing that, you know, I'm not, you know, totally, you know it is breaking a, like this different plane which you know I, I guess that's where I feel you know I, I you know I I was always told like you're, you're an American you know like if anybody asks you what you are you're American mm. so, I, I, I guess that's my perspective I guess I, I think what's really cool about that too is that I mean Vato this to me is Rasa this is total Rasa but as as, <laughs> as writers too though I don't like to be pigeonholed where people are like, oh, aren't you supposed to write this or that, right? As artists, I'm like, 
Oh, no, you know, it, it's it's my body is Chicano because I'm Chicano and I wrote it, so I can write about anything. On the same note, you break them all, but you still got you still got religious icons. You got sucarne. I love it too because it's almost like playing off the whole Latin of you know incarnate and whatnot. But it's just cool and real. And then in this particular piece too, you got like apocalyptic lightning up at the top, and then uh, you know folks uh, you know clutching clutching little babies that could be baby Jesus or not, you know, so it's, it's cool. I like what you're saying that it is sort of, uh, different puzzles of, of identity or maybe, Hey, just, just folks that, uh, that you run into in the, in the streets. Yeah. Now, now tell us a little more. I understand you also do some, uh, workshops and classes. Um, I've done some, you know, working with, classes but you know not, not so much it's kind of more rare that i would do things like that gotcha gotcha uh -huh. i said too I, I bring that up only because um, i heard about some of the classes you did but also i like the way you explained uh the composition and also the role of uh identity in, in some of these works now a kind of a different piece is Blood on the Mantle, also from 2016. That's different. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's got some of your elements of style, but then there's also other motifs as well because you have that that startling head in the middle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what came first in this piece? Um, well, yeah, the, of course, the, the head, but, you know, it's just, you know the memento mori, where it says memento mori. There, it's a, it's a, I guess a motif kind of thing that they used to do way back then. There's a lot of paintings, but it's usually about like you know your your you know impermanence of life and whatnot. But this one's kind of you know it's obviously <laughs> an impermanence of like beauty or things like that. And I love it because you, you do work in classic motifs, but then also uh, it's over the top at the same time and then classic and, and it, you know, plays with, like you're saying, you know, here are, here's this head, it's this blue head in the middle, but it's got these characteristics that we would attribute with what, what mainstream media would call a beautiful woman. You know? <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then you got in the back, is that a twister or flames? Tell me a little about that in the back. It's a house on fire. It's like a roof of a house, and it's like burning. And... That's pretty cool in the back, too. Yeah. And I love what you're doing with the colors, too. Like I noticed, too, that the way you play with colors in each of the the works is pretty intense as well. So very cool. Yeah, thank you. And and of course, I can't tell if the crew is keeping up. So right now, we're gonna we're gonna go to another another piece. This one has a ton a ton of color. Now I think I have the name wrong. Went another. Nope. What went another? You want another? I'm sorry. The word is, you want another. You yeah. want another? And that yeah. is cool. That's <laughs> like, you got like uh, kids, you know, <laughs> playing wrestling with each other, <laughs> hurting yeah. each other. <laughs> and, the, and the powerful colors popping out. And I love you got the uh, the bullfighter and the bull um, yeah. <laughs> velvet <laughs> painting in the background as well. Yeah. Hey, 90s babies right here, but I see you got the Super Nintendo with the Super Mario loaded in the cartridge. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. So wh what was the inspiration for this piece? I was going to, you know, I was asked to be in a, like a wrestling-themed art show here in town, and uh, this is what I came up with, and it's, you know, it came from... The way I, you know, the way, you know, me and my cousins would wrestle like this. And, you know, I'm 
surprised. You know, like no one really seriously got injured. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. each other. Was... Well, and what's cool about it too is that, like, I think typically people are going to think, "Oh, it's wrestling. You do lucha libre mass, etc." Which I got no beef with, but. And and for me, I never questioned if I was Chicano or Raza. I'm like, yo, I am what I am. But like, I didn't grow. I grew up, yeah. I like boxing. I like baseball more than soccer. I liked I liked American football more than soccer, um, and mostly because that's what the guys in my neighborhood played or my dad was into. And this is the kind of wrestling that my dad liked. My mom liked the lucha libre wrestling, so mm-hmm. my dad liked this. So I grew up with all this stuff too, as well. So. I think it's pretty cool, but you still have those accents that you know give it that text of of uh, of raza, but still kind of kind of universal. Are these figures in the in the painting? Are these built off friends from your you know from when you grew up, or relatives, or or just different? I, you know, people that know me, like my some family, might be able to like say like, "Hey, that's." You know. <laughs> me you know and a little bit yeah but a little bit you know i just tried to just make some funny looking kids <laughs> so if there's a resemblance to a funny looking kid and, and someone imagines it that's their baggage not yours yeah. <laughs> and we're going to close on this potent piece um sign of the cross from 2018 now i hope folks I, of course, if you're driving, you can't do this now. Um, folks will be able to listen to this as it's archived at the University of Houston Digital Library. We're going to donate the rundown as well as these visual pictures to the Houston Public Library where they keep the hard copies of our work in the uh, Hispanic collections. We're also going to put it on a podcast and we'll load it up on the Nuestra Palabra website tomorrow. People can also go to kpft.org, go to archives. They can listen to the podcast. They're up there for two weeks. But I bring it up because I want to buy you time to uh, find the link there to look at the piece on the cross. Because this, this piece is dope, man. It's dope. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, really powerful. Kind of subdued. And I really appreciate it more after I've seen the other pieces and, and looked at them a lot and talked to you. Like, those other ones are over the top of color. Here you really play it down. And, you know, you're playing with, I think, you know, Chicano iconography, but also classic iconography. Uh, tell us a little about this guy. Yeah, I, I guess I did this because I felt myself I would see, you know, my father, you know, every time he passed by, like a church, he'd do the sign of the cross. But, you know, I was always like, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm not, you know, but lately I've been like, oh, my God, I'm just, all the stuff happening in the world, you know, just that gesture is like, you know, touching your head and your heart, you know, it's like, I, I get it now or something. Mm. Like, not, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's superstition or whatever, but, you know, so this is kind of like paying a little bit of tribute to that, but also, you know, putting somebody that, you know, is really in bad shape and, you know, they have like this hernia kind of thing. And I, I saw, I don't know where I saw it, but it was just like scrolling through Facebook or something and somebody posted a video of somebody like having a hernia that was disgusting, but it was terrible, but I really felt bad. So, you know, I, I, I drew that in there and, you know, I, some of the tattoos were, you know, from people I've seen at a flea market, you know, just all these different tattoos. <laughs> and, you know, I combined them onto one person. And, you know, so it's, yeah, and that's what it is. And I wanted to make, like, a like an iconic, like, striking, iconic, you know, piece. You know, because most of my things are really, like, like jam-packed with, you know, different action and mm. things. So I just want to make one that just, you know, could stand on its own. I, I didn't want to, like, Poison it too much, you know. But well, and it is potent because I think what I love what you're saying is that this is a genuine return to the sign of the cross. Because you know, I'm with you. I'm not a practicing um, Catholic, but there are moments where I dive into something iconic of it, and it unites with my family, others, and right. It's this weird moment where you're like, man, I guess I'm 
you know, I am believing it's not superstitious. There's this thing that unites us, and and I think you capture that powerfully, powerfully mm-hmm. in that photo, and and uh, I'm glad you did that with your art. Fantastic. We we'll really appreciate you calling in with us. Wish you continued success. Any plans on doing an exhibit out here in Houston someday soon? Um, some of my pieces are on view at the Contemporary Art Museum of Houston right now, up until August. Fantastic. See, yeah. I love it. Most artists would be promoting that instead. <laughs> They'd be like, yo, let me market myself. You're like, let's get to the real stuff. So, so I'll make it a point to get down there. Look forward to, to keeping up with what you're doing. And uh, thanks again for keeping it real. Thank you, Albert. Thank you. Thank you. And that was Albert Alvarez, uh, a down Chicano visual artist, sharing some of insights into his work, which we've posted online. And right now, in continuing our discourse on ethnic studies, because this is all ethnic studies, right and left, we're going to be joining our friend Norman Merrifield, who is one of the nation's leaders in helping entire school districts to tap in to the power of ethnic studies. We'll be calling him in just a little bit after another musical break because, hey, we're giving you the soundtrack to a revolution. This is Tony Diaz, Libertad Ficante, surrounded by talent, conveying it, and we'll have more of it in just a little bit. You listen to Nuestra Palabra, Latino, what is having to say, out here. Sin ataduras, aunque vivo a duras penas, tengo miedo a las alturas. La fama marea, que es lo que te choca de mí. Yo siempre ando low key, observe ese hate en ti, que hace que tu visión se bloquea. Y desde mi mente bombardea, la esperanza tambalea. La fe me pone de pie en el mundo de afuera, no sobrevive cualquiera. Suerte de seguir aquí, en la jungla de asfalto, poniendo mi voz en lo alto. Causando un impacto, soy la gota que derramó el vaso No me tumbó ni un fracaso, subimos paso a paso Ya no puedes ignorarlo, soy la gota que derramó el vaso No me tumbó ni un fracaso, subimos paso a paso Y no puedes evitarlo Se tambalea, todo se tambalea No hay coincidencia, no entiendo por qué tú ves la diferencia Tú crea la guerra y yo resistencia Culpable hasta demostrar mi inocencia Religiones que buscan penitencia De aquel que se opone a lo que ellos imponen Hay miedo que existan otras opciones Porque el corazón no entiende de razón O sea, cuestionarme, apuntarme un dedo Ligera me muevo, no me importa un bledo Hago lo que quiero en estilos excedo Fuck tu dinero, mi arte es primero Fuck tu dinero, mi estilo es sincero Empezamos de cero Tú me hiciste de menos ayer, pero yo me aferré El tope es el cielo and right now, if you are the sixth caller at 713-526-5738, you will win a pair of VIP seating in the covered area at the Milano Theater for the 2018 Accordion Kings and Queens concert. I'll be up there hosting. Rick Hesketer will be there as well. Ton of great music. It's going to be June 2nd, Saturday at 7 p.m. you got to get there by 6.30 to claim those seats. need you to pick these tickets up in the next week or we'll give them back out again. Hate to be playing hard love with you, but i got to be the, the mean professor as well. So 713-526-5738. The fifth caller will win that pair of tickets for seat VIP seating. Right now we are joined on the air by an expert in teaching school districts how to make the most out of this multicultural, multimedia era. His name is Norman Merrifield. First, let me say hello. Hey, ¿cómo estás, hermano? Hey, am I, am I ca- sixth caller? That's am right. I sixth caller? <laughs> Sorry. Friends of the show. No, <laughs> cannot wait. <laughs> Be cool if you're driving from Nashville to see it. It's worth coming. But I got, I got to tell folks just what an accomplished educational consultant you are. You really are passionate about getting clients, stakeholders, and learning communities fired up and thrilled about the work by giving them a real framework for implementation and achievement. I've gotten to see firsthand how you combine an extensive knowledge of culture building, cognitive engagement, and asset-driven leadership trainings that promote innovation, creativity, and activism. Mm -hmm. Man, I've seen you 
take a room full of a couple hundred folks, make them putty in your hands, and they're learning engagement strategies. They're learning qualitative research analysis. They don't even know it. They don't know that they're they don't even know that they're getting cognitive stimuli. They don't even know that basically they're learning leadership advocacy and, and they leave profoundly changed. So I gotta tell folks it's really great to have met you. Uh, of course, we got to hang out at the last Ethnic Studies Now conference at Sacramento State, which is put together by one of the chairs, Dr. Dale Allender from Sacramento State. Big shout to Dale. Man, shout out to Dale. And I love doing it too because the other takeaway that I hope people get from the interview is that we have this nationwide think tank, and that's really it. We're all cross-pollinating, inspiring each other, and taking that information back. So, so first of all, welcome again to your on the air. Welcome to your Texas family, and yeah. we really appreciate you calling in. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I'm excited. I've been uh, pumped about it all day, so it's always good to engage and connect with you, Tony. Um, and I appreciate all those those kind words and affirmations that uh, you know keeps you pushing in this work. So thank you. No, by all means. And, and, and I think what's cool, too, is that at the particular conference that I got to see you at, these were hundreds of educators who, again, you're preaching to the choir. But what are still some things that, that even we who are in the choir need to hear? And what I love, too, is you gave them stuff that I know, I don't care if they were principals, teachers, or student teachers, they, they they changed some lives the Monday after, I got a feeling. So tell us about mm-hmm. the, both those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got to connect all the way through the line, meaning from the superintendent, and it has to get to the students. If it doesn't get to the students, then there's really no reason uh, to do this work in the capacity as an educator. So we want to make sure that we design uh, presentations, instructional materials, and frameworks that, one, get educators excited about teaching, get kids excited about being kids, uh, to help spur the creativity of educators, uh, get them back into their flow as, 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 as pedagogues and as, as practitioners, um, and, and really, as you said, give them something really fresh to do on Monday. So we want to get them excited, then get them prepared to step into, step into their school, uh, their office, their space, and and really uh, serve as instructional leaders and advocates uh, for liberation, cognition, mm. culture through through instruction. So you can find that work on 808ed.com, 808ed.com. That's uh, our home, and we're based in Nashville, uh, but we try to get it, get get as uh, a broad body as possible. We 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 like Southwest, and we get the place. Yes, so. And so, yeah. we, well, I'm hoping that we get you down to Texas. And, 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 of course, I think our listeners totally get the 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 educational component. But I also want to throw in there, and this may be this may be too much of an assault for our listeners. They're like, man, this guy does everything. But, but I also love that you bring in the multimedia components, everything from videos to social media but also in very relevant ways. It's not just the gimmicky, which I got no problem with. But, mm-hmm. you know, when your videos are used, not just for the presentations, but for the whole conference, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's working at three or four layers. I mean, is that something you're shooting for? Um, yes. Uh, you know, I'm always shooting for authenticity. Mm. Um, so I'm shooting for authenticity because I think that speaks volumes in your work. I think that uh, because I also want to work with other people who value authenticity. So, you know, in, in the hip-hop culture, you know, real recognize real is a, is a, is a word and a phrase that, that people embrace. And, you know, it's the truth. So um, we we want to make things that are, are uh, speak positive. You know what I'm even going to say positive because, because even today, like, the word positive has a – has a connotation and a spin on it that makes you seem uh, lame or irrelevant, right? Mm. So I, I, I use the word organic. Um, we like to create things that are organic, meaning things that you consume that do your body good uh, instead of, you know, just tasting really good, but then again, you know, fill you up with trans fat and, and, <laughs> and, and Tennessee carbohydrates. <laughs> so we want to we feed you something organic that tastes good, feel good, uh, but also uh, – 
builds you up. So that's really uh, what I go for. And we don't know if we're doing it or not until we get feedback from people. So you got you got me cheesing from ear to ear just to hear you say that. Uh, because that's really the only way you know if you're doing good work is, is if you elicit feedback and get feedback from the people you're doing work with. No, no, by all means. And, and, and I tell you what, this is just the tip of the pyramid for our listeners. I want to pique their interest. They're already excited. I don't know if they – the, the phones just blew up. I think they thought they were calling for you. They didn't want those tickets probably. They put, they, they, they thought, <laughs> nah, like, they wanted the <laughs> They wanted the accordion fest. <laughs> Call the number six. We'll get you a ticket. You know, but you got to come pick them up, baby, and we're going we're gonna to reissue. <laughs> so know that off top. We will re-gift. Texas Tom, right? We will re-gift. But, but we will I, re-gift. <laughs> I do. I do want to make it clear. This is the beginning of a of a, of a journey. I hope that you know we'll we'll stay in touch uh, throughout the year because because I think you're also one of these the generation of of thinkers and activists that can that can deal with you know you mentioned upper administration. You can dialogue with them and speak with them on their terms. Uh, you can work with the staff. You're just downright nice, but then you flow, man. I've seen you people. I'm not gonna put you on the spot. I'm not gonna put. You on the, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna make you flow spontaneously unless you want to. But I'm just saying that, that what's fantastic is that um, you do. You you are very organic too because I've seen you. Then you know uh, Dale at the special studio had some poets throwing down, and you know yeah. some had PhDs, some had PhDs from the streets. And he's put you on the spot, and you know you rose the occasion. So it's really great that to me, you 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 make sense. You represent what an education is, where you can flow with all those levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a hip hop artist first, to be honest. Mm. Um, And that that uh, like my local and immediate, um, and I and and it really helps uh, frame the way I see the world and frame the way I I I see our work. Um, And I think. I, I lean on that because, or maybe not lean on it, I think I, I gravitate towards that and promote that because uh, being who we are authentically um, really must be celebrated rather than uh, criminalized mm. or, uh, <clears throat> or, or, or associated with things that uh, are dangerous or um, detrimental to society. So uh, I think it's really important for for everybody to represent uh, the brand of your home and the brand of your family and the brand of your ancestors through your work. And I started doing that first with hip-hop. And, and I'm fortunate that I'm able to, to exist in, in, in all of those spaces authentically. Um, and we love it. And, you know, again, thank you for those affirmations. Uh, it's... Uh, it's an honor to step on stage with those types of poets and those types of artists and, and share what you bring to the table. So uh, we definitely love do we love doing that. We love doing that, yeah. I love what you're saying because you've described what, for many folks, is their first introduction to rhetoric and ethnic studies. Hip-hop, you're, you're right, yeah. it, it, and it's yeah. potent and powerful. I mean, it, it flows through everything. So, you know, there's a lady named Augusta Mann. Uh, SuccessfulTeacher.com. You, every, please check her out. She does some incredible uh, work with early childhood literacy. Uh, and one of her statements she always says to me is, Norman, everything is everything. Mm-hmm. And even as I was listening to the musical artist that you had on before, at the end of his track, he was like, ah. you know, he was just catching the vibe. I mean, it just, it just, that's the same spirit that we have when we approach, you know, the mic when we do hip hop or, 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 when we approach the computer or the canvas or a keynote to, to create uh, an instructional experience for superintendents or principals, teachers, and students. So all of that energy that we bring from home is positive energy, uh, uh, is organic energy um, that other people can, can eat and consume mm. uh, to, to help them see the world uh, from a liberated perspective so a lot of the stuff that i hear is man simply to uh confine you simply to uh, exploit you or or oppress you so that you know people can separate you from your money and i think that's where this whole piece of capitalism and and 
politics is, is really run amok of the way humans should be interacting, right? It, it, it shouldn't be separate you from your money at all costs. It should be uh, exchange economics uh, in the betterment of humankind. So I love what y'all are doing, man. The show is so hype. I can't wait to just sit back as a listener and check it out. Um, I, I definitely clicked on your Facebook page, and I'm, I'm following now. But, uh, yeah, y'all are doing some incredible work in Texas. I appreciate that, and I tell you what, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that within a year or two, that not only do we get you down here, but of course, right now, because of the struggles we had with the ban of ethnic studies, right now we're very focused on Mexican American studies. But we need to have mm-hmm. some super conferences where we bring in uh, yourself and others, and and do a whole, you know, African American Latino <laughs> conference. And then, you know, just keep building on that. Do me a favor. Yeah. G- give out your website and tell folks, give, give folks a little uh, taste. What are some of the other types of workshops that you can do? And, and give out the website a couple times again. Yeah, uh, our website is 808ED.com, which uh, 808 is, of course, in association with, with uh, uh, music and, and drums and, and the tempo. So we always like to say that, that our, our music works to, or our, our instruction moves to the beat. Of, of, of the rhythm of life and the rhythm of cognition. So, uh, you know, we're really told that we really want to move into this uh, new realm of virtual reality and augmented reality wow. with our instructional experiences as well. And I think we also should be doing that with our activism. So any of your listeners that have um, experience or dabbling or creating in that world, I'd love for you to connect with us at 808ed.com. Uh, there's a new book out uh, by a friend of mine and a guy named Pete Rubin out of uh, he's the he's the senior editor at Wired magazine called Future Presence, and really he's making some some profound predictions about how humans are going to be interacting uh, with each other in the next uh, near future. And so I think it's important for us as artists, activists, educators, professors to to uh, claim these future spaces before they become commonplace, mm. right? Like, like we gotta, cl- we gotta really be, we gotta really be hyper vigilant about claiming these future spaces uh, in these future mediums, uh, so that it doesn't uh, become overpopulated or, or, or overrun with with um, these messages of oppression and these messages of oh. of. of, of, of uh, Taking away uh, liberties that have been given to to everybody through whatever God you pray for. So, I love it, and those um, are that, that's yeah, going to be so that, our, our battle really cry. What, that's what's next for uh, 808 is robotics, VR, AR, and how we bring the multicultural perspective to the height of the innovative world, um, and, and and so that we are engaging and preparing our kids. And our, our niños to to dominate uh, spaces. I love it. And, and, and bring their message to freedom. I love it. Those are going to be the parting words for today's show. Thank you, Armando, for calling in. Naomi Merrifield, and we'll be checking with you again throughout the year. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Y'all have a good way. Go get them tickets. That's right. <laughs> Call is sick. That's right. Thanks for calling. Hey, you've been experiencing what's the palabra? Latino writers having their say. This Tony is leaving. Africa on behalf of the whole crew. See you soon at some of the events and see you next week. Ciao. Kids, listen online to either of KPFT's two live channels on your phone. Install the TuneIn app, available for both Apple and Android, and then search for KPFT. You'll see both the FM channel and the newly improved HD3 channel. Press play and you're listening, or point your browser to kpft.org. 
Listening online means no more reception issues. Tune in our mix of local social justice shows and music selected with love by our Houston DJs. All there on your phone at any time. <laughs>